The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living. Today, we are so graced to have John Holland, world-renowned median, here to talk with us about the power of the soul, his best-selling book, subtitled Inside Wisdom for an Outside World. John is one of the most sought-after mediums in the country, internationally renowned as a medium and a, psychic, a spiritual teacher, author of three other bestsellers, Psychic Navigator, Born Knowing, and his latest release, The Psychic Tarot Oracle Deck. John is keen to clear up the distinctions between a psychic who reads the aura of a person for current and future events and a medium who acts as a conduit between the spirit and physical worlds. John was originally profiled on CBS Unsolved Mysteries and has since starred in a two-hour A&E special called Mediums We See Dead People and was featured on the History Channel in a one-hour special called Psychic History. Described as compassionate, insightful, humorous, tender, captivating, and mesmerizing, Holland's charismatic personality and his powerful skills delight and fascinate his audiences everywhere. And we are so excited to have the opportunity today to learn much more from him about what that other side of ourselves and the other side of this thing we call life has to say to us. Welcome, John. Thank you so much again. Thanks, Andrew. Glad to be here. Okay, well, let's just jump right in there. I have a couple of questions about the other side, and then I want to talk about the journey the soul is taking. Is that okay? Sure. All right. I guess the first thing is, why do people who have passed on want to talk to us? Because they can. (laughs) That's great. Well, uh, you know, there's, there, just because they can, they have that power. So what is it that says they're here enough to have that power to talk to us? Uh, can you reframe the question? Yes, I certainly can. That was poorly asked, wasn't it? Um, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is I guess they're right around us all the time then, aren't they? Well, they're not. The spirit world, is, it's, it's basically, it overlaps ours, but it, it's such a higher frequency we're not aware of it. And... The, the reason why they uh, want to talk to us is, one, because they can, and just because they're out of the body doesn't mean they're not part of your life, but are they with us 24 hours a day, seven days a week? No. Um, I do believe that they check in with us. Um, they keep an eye on us. Uh, they're aware of what we're doing, but, you know, they have their own thing to do also in the spirit world, but I believe that they, uh, they do, like I said, they do keep an eye on us, but they, they basically have to say, I still love you. I'm still alive. Please stop mourning. I am here, and they'll do and they'll do things uh, to let you know that, when, which are called ADCs, after death communications. Whether it's a smell of your mom's perfume, um, or people find pennies, or electrical items going on and off, they do everything they can to let them uh, to let you know that they're um, still with you. 
And I always say they want to talk to you as much as you want to talk to them, really. Okay. So you said one of the main things they want to say is that they love us. Is there another common theme that you hear that a departed loved one wants to say to his or her loved well, one? There's all different kinds of messages. Some t- it depends who um, I'm doing, giving the message to. They let them know that they, they're aware of things that have happened in their life and give specific evidence of it. Um, but just basically to say that I'm still here, that, you know, they, they can't take away a lot of people and you think that, well, why can't my mother help me with my money? Well, why can't my father tell me if I should divorce my husband? They're not here to do that. They, they cannot take away your life lessons, what you're supposed to learn here, your karma. Um, they're here to support you, guide you, and let you know, you know that they're still around you. Okay, so in that sense, then they don't really become our spiritual guides. No, no. Would you want a relative as a guide? <laughs> Good question. I'm not even going to bother to answer that. You know, I'd rather have someone who's a little more enlightened than a parent. Right, right. Okay, yeah. All right, well, let's talk about this uh, power of the soul. What is the journey that the soul is taking through this life? What is that? Well, it's, it goes to, you can Let's talk about reincarnation. We keep coming back because this is the this is the hard knock school. This is where we're going to learn a lot uh, of things ab- about ourselves. You know, love, hate, patience, compassion, and the the soul will reincarnate over and over. And, but I don't believe it's a recycle bin where you know we go over to the other side and immediately come back here. The journey through life is it's it, this is school for the soul. Life is school through the soul, and this is not the, our reality. The spirit world is the real reality. This is just a, a, a blip. This is the dream part of it, okay. life. Okay, so what we're experiencing here on planet Earth is really sort of the soul having a dream. Uh, well, a soul having, you know, not necessarily a dream. This is not the real world. The spirit world is the real world, and a lot of people think that the spirit world is part of our world, when in fact that's not, not true. We are and always will be part of their world. That's the real world. This is just a, this is just a pause. Okay. So, okay, there's a theory. I mean, there's several theories about the nature of the soul out there. I'm sure you know that. And one of them is that the soul already knows everything, and we're down here sort of like uh, the foot of a clam reaching out to dig ourselves into planet Earth to experience something. And then there's another uh, theory that the soul is on a learning journey. Which one do you... I think it's a learning journey. I don't believe the soul knows everything. I mean, it's perfect, you know, and the soul never dies. It's the soul is consciousness. It's the real you. When people look into a mirror or when somebody passes away and they go to the funeral parlor and they see that uh, body in a casket, most people say that's not them because that life force has gone. So the, the soul is the real you. It's consciousness. Okay. All right. And then what would be a soul wound? What, how would you define a soul wound? A soul wound is something that sparks your energy, I mean, that sparks you, where you don't know why. You could be watching. Some people have passions, uh, has a passion for uh, animals, and they become advocates. And they don't know why that they're so involved. Yes, they could have had their own pets, you know. Um, but I heard a story, you know, of, of this gentleman who... Um, He's on the, uh, I think it's at the Animal Planet show called Whale Wars, Whale Wars, W-A-H-A-L-E, where they're trying to stop the whalers um, from uh, killing the whales because they're not supposed to. It's against the law. And he saw this on TV once when he was six, and he was so infuriated. uh, He didn't want to just stand in front of a school with a sign. He knew that he would do something for the whales. So every time as a kid he saw something being done to the whales, it affected him. That, That is his sole wound. He could have had uh, something 
um, before, um, you know, that happened to him, maybe in another life, I'm not sure. But a soul wound is anything that, that sparks you to, to, to do something. Like mine is with kids. Anytime I can help kids, because not just uh, uh, because I didn't have a great childhood. So that, my soul was wounded because of my childhood. So a soul wound for me is children and animals. So uh, a soul wound is anything that is going to get you off your seat to become an advocate for, to care for, to do something about. Okay. Does it always have that effect? Um, it, sh- uh, it should. I mean, some people, they, they may sit there and say, wow, I feel so bad for them, and then don't, they don't do anything. But, yeah, it, should, it affects you. It, it affects you. And you could be watching it in a movie. You could be hearing it from a certain person. But, yeah, so, which I talk in depth in the uh, book about soul wounds. So thank you for asking that. Yeah. I thought that was a real important aspect of what you had to say in the book because yeah. it's sort of, uh, it's a poor, I guess it could be uh, something that would drag you down, but also something that would lift you up. Yes, yes, absolutely. It could drag you down because it did something to you, but you, you, you've made that soul wound something that's going to uh, make, you, make your life better or you helping others, which is the purpose of the soul. Right. Anyways, is to be all that you can be, actually. Right, absolutely. Because so many, some people, Andrea, think that they'll call me on my radio show and say, what's my purpose? And I was supposed to answer that in, two, in a 60-second in answer. I mean, that's, you know, that's huge. It's, what's my purpose? But it, the purpose, everyone's purpose, my purpose is not to be a medium, an author, or a lecturer. Your purpose is not to be a radio DJ. The president's purpose is not to be the president. The purpose of the soul, the sole purpose of being here is being all that you can be, a divine being from God, using your gifts, talents, and abilities to help others. In your gift of being a, uh, a host of the radio show, your creativity, you are actually living your purpose by being all you can be, by using the gift of being a radio host in creativity and helping others. So you are living your purpose. Yeah, so... And I guess a much more appropriate question I, to, for someone to ask might be, how will I know my purpose? I, because you're doing it. Yeah. I, I just told you, the sole purpose <laughs> is being all that you can be, a divine being from God. Everyone is living their sole purpose, but are you using your gifts, talents, and ability to help others? Your sole purpose is to be everything that you can be. So it's not to be a disc jockey. It's not to be a mayor. It's not to be an author. It's being all that you can be. I, in the book, I talk about this artist who got laid off from a job. He was, he was working in computers, and he went back to his artwork and started leaving portraits all around New England, paintings for people to find. And on the back, it says, this painting is meant for you. All you have to do is, is smile at the next person. Hmm. Now, he also went on to children's hospitals and painted murals in the children's wards for free. He started doing, uh, spreading out across the United States. He's living his purpose of using his gift. He's, he's living his purpose of being everything that he can be, a divine being from God, using his talents, gifts, and abilities to help others. Yeah. So he's using his artwork to help him be all that he can be, a divine being. Right. Too many people are like, what's my purpose? It's to be a divine being, using your gifts, talent, and ability. Now, if you talk about, well, I don't know what my gifts, talents, and abilities are, then that's a different story. Right. And yet, I see some people, I'm sure you have too, that, that um, are doing so many wonderful things for the world, but they don't seem to recognize that they're doing it, and they're still going around looking for their purpose. So True. It's, True. It's, it's like um, when they ask, what is my soul's purpose, it, yeah, all they need to do is look in the mirror. Yeah, you're doing it. Are you helping people? Are you doing all, all that you can be? Well, people have a problem with the energy. They don't feel like they're doing enough. Mm. 
That can be a problem where they feel like, I could be doing more. I could be doing more. That's ego. That's not soul. That's ego. Okay. Ego is saying, uh, if I do more, maybe I'll be recognized more or something, you know. And you know, look at Michael Jackson. He, you know, bless him. There's a man that gave and gave and gave and gave and gave. But still, he was, he was living his purpose. But with his case, same thing with uh, Princess Di, James Dean, Elvis Presley. Sometimes I believe that the soul is so powerful, so powerful, the body can't contain it. It's too much energy for one human body. And, and, and look what happens. A lot of people who have passed early, even kids, ask the parent, or if you know someone that lost a kid or somebody who passed young, usually, usually, that person lived a huge lifetime in those few short years, mm-hmm. more than any of us can live in a whole lifetime. It's almost like they live a lot in those very short years. Well, that very statement could be very healing to some of our listeners who might be grieving the loss of someone who was yep. young. Okay, well, we're, going to, we're talking today to John Holland, and we're going to be back after the break to talk some more about our soul's journey. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor in sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying, thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor in sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back, thanking me for my concerns, and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network.
You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today with John Holland. This is Authentic Living, and this is Andrea Matthews. This show is brought to you by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. So we were talking just before the break about uh, how the soul's purpose and how we request to know that. The next question after that would be, how does the soul get our attention? Oh, many ways, Andrea. The soul tries to get your attention through dreams, and if that doesn't work... It tries something else, and it'll try uh, putting... The, the soul constantly reaches out, drawing to it what it needs to learn. The pe- people, places, it tries to, um, you know, give you a little heads up of what it's looking for. And But as humans, we fight it. You feel drawn to go into a, a, a certain area. Like some people say, you know, I always wanted to go to Tibet, or I always want to do this, but no, nah, I don't think so. That's us talking ourselves out of it. But synchronistic events is another wonderful way that it tries to get your attention um, when I started doing this work as a medium, when I followed what I was supposed to be doing, using the gift of mediumship as one of my abilities to help all that I can be, to be all that I can be, helping others, doors started to open. Synchronistic events, I met the right people at the right time. I was at the right place. Um, doors began to open. So watch for synchronistic events. And I always tell people who say, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know what kind of job I want. I always say, ask your soul to show you synchronistic events. Not everything that happens, not every falling leaf is going to be a synchronistic sign, but synchronistic sign is another way. Your intuition is another way that your soul tries to give, get your attention, give you a little heads up. And usually, Andrea, we don't listen to any of it, okay? We're so caught up in our heads and ego and, and work and life, and I understand that. We focus more on the outside, but not, you know, a lot of people strive to be all that they can be, getting the car, the try to get the job, uh, uh, you know, work on the family, but we forget we, we've done everything on the outside, or we try to, we totally forgot about the inside of us. We're, we're spiritual beings and we're physical beings. You know, when's the last time most people start off their day? What, what do they do? They grab their coffee and check their email. When's the, since when did coffee and email come before breakfast, before, uh, t- you know, five minutes uh, for yourself? So if you could take five minutes for yourself to check in with your soul saying, hi, anything that you need to, to tell me today or show me, and that's tapping into your in, in, intuition, your, in, your soul senses, which is clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairaudience. But we don't listen to any of it, okay? Most of us don't, all right, because we're so caught up in the outside world and with, in technology. Um, then comes the wake-up calls. Angie, have you ever had a wake-up call? Oh, yeah. A wake-up call, someone's like, well, what do you mean? A wake-up call can be a relationship that ended, an automobile accident, like I had. Uh, it could be um, something very dramatic or very traumatic. And I believe that's God's way of saying, okay, they didn't listen to the dreams. They didn't follow their intuition. They're not following the synchronistic signs. We've got to do something to turn this person around. A wake-up call. You don't get a lot of them. But I got mine 17 years ago when I was in an automobile accident. When I was living in Los Angeles, it was my way of getting my life together. I, and when that accident happened... I didn't moan. I didn't complain. I said thank you because it put me on the path. If it wasn't for that accident, I would not be 
where I am now uh, as a medium. So, you know, sometimes it takes a traumatic event to change a life, and that's what it did. Wake-up calls, uh, it's almost like the last extreme. I've had a few, but I haven't had such a bad one, you know, since um, the automobile accident. But your soul, like I said, soul sense of intuition, dreams, synchronistic events, your soul constantly tries to guide you, but we so pull away from it all the time. And I always tell people, Andrea, <coughs> excuse me, the next time, follow your intuition for a day. If you're at work, if, you, if there's somebody at work that you wanted to have lunch with who's new but you never you know, brought yourself to it, go, go for it. Introduce yourself. You're drawn to that person, but you don't. Um, or there's a certain store that you keep feeling, like, I want to go there. Go. There's a certain book that you want. You keep getting a nudge to pick up. Go. Get it. And people say, well, what's the difference between intuition and imagination? How do I know, John, what that is? Imagination, when it happens, imagination, it comes, that thought will come and it goes. It'll go away. Intuition will keep coming back. That same nudge, there it is again. There it is again. So, synchronistic events, following your soul senses, wake-up calls, dreams are always that your soul is trying to get your attention. You you have to watch the signs. Right. So what you're saying is your soul really is... A very active force in your life. Absolutely. You are, people keep forgetting, Andrea, you are not a body that comes with the soul. You are a soul that happens to come with the body. The soul is the real you. The, the body is just something to, to, to push it around on the earth. Right. Yep. Right. And, you know, some people are like, well, why did I choose this body? Get over it. Okay. <laughs> right. it, it, you know what I mean? It's yours. You know? Right. So, uh, yeah, you are not a body that comes with the soul. You are a soul that comes with the body. Right. Well, that brings me, when you said choose the body, uh, that brings me to another question. Uh, are you of the theory that we are choosing, we choose our life events before we get here? Yeah, you know, they, they, you know, there's a lot said about that. You know, they say that we choose our parents, okay? We choose some certain life events to happen, okay? I believe that we choose, like that automobile accident, I believe that was destined to happen, okay? Uh-huh. But, but fate is the free will part. I... I believe that some things are meant to happen. You know that expression, everything happens for a reason. I love that saying. I hate that saying, okay? <laughs> um, but I believe that accident was meant to happen because um, it changed my life. But there, you have the free will part. Uh, when, when a tragedy or something like that happens, it's your free will part, what you do about it when it happens. So, yeah, um, I believe that we do plan out some of it. But, you know, Andrea, do we really know that? You know, it's, it's, you know, they say, they say, they say. It resonates with me, though. It really, really does. Did I choose an alcoholic family? Maybe. Did I learn pain in, in that, awful pain in that family? Yes. But if I didn't know what pain was, how could I help people who are going through it now? You see, if I had a blessed life, I mean, it is blessed, don't get me wrong, but if I was born with a silver spoon and, you know, everything, even those uh, families have problems, I understand that, but um, I had to experience pain, I believe, to understand it, and, and I did, and that's what I do now is help people who uh, are in pain uh, from, from uh, people that they've lost in their lives. So the question was, do you believe? Yes, I do. I do believe that we... Um, it resonates with me when I say that. Do we choose our parents? Yes, that resonates with me. Does it resonate with me when, when someone says, do, you, do we choose our events here so the soul can learn? Yes. That, some people may not, just because I said it resonates with me, may not resonate, resonate with anyone. And let's get real. We're not going to find out until we get over there ourselves anyways. That's right. You know? But 
yep, that does resonate with me. It sounds right. Most people are like, yep, I believe it. It's not usually forced down their throat. It just resonates with their soul, and, they, and, and, and uh, it makes sense to them. I remember when I was going through this uh, journey, I read Shirley MacLaine's book, Out on a Limb. Very first book I ever read on metaphysics was her book, Out on a Limb, and you know how she actually traveled and uh, all the stuff that she went through. And I went, oh, my God. She, she believes everything that I believe. So, yeah. So found a, a soulmate through your reading. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that was pretty synchronistic too, wasn't it? Yes, it really was. When you and you know, just when you're starting your spiritual search, you know, books will come your way. Certain people will come your way. Your soul is is, is pulling these people towards you. Your thoughts and your soul are, are attracting um, what it needs around you. And people are like, well, what about I have all this tragedy and family that's horrible and a a bad divorce, that's not your soul. That's you. That's you doing that. Your soul said leave and, uh, four years ago. Yeah, right. You know? Right. Why, yeah, why are bad things happening to me? It's partly in, in part because I'm choosing the bad things to happen to me. Sometimes. Yeah, you know what, too. But, though, but, but you know, Andrea, um, whether it's bad things or relationship, there's always a lesson. If someone says, um, uh, I had a horrible relationship, I'll say, well, you learned from that. They're like, what did I learn from him or, or from her? I'm like, think about it. You, there should be a lesson of something that you got from that relationship. Some of our worst relationships or, our, the, or the bad things that happen in our life can be our biggest spiritual change agents for us. They could, they could throw us leaps and bounds uh, uh, forward in our spirituality. Yep, yep. In my own personal life, I don't mind sharing this, that I, you know, I look back on some of the things that were happened in my life that were really difficult, but... I'm really grateful for those experiences, not only because they help me help other people, but because they've enhanced my life. Absolutely. When I was in that accident, I was in a relationship for six years when I was living in Los Angeles. That ended horribly. But now when you look back at these turning points in your life, you could see how one thing led to another. If it wasn't for that accident, I never would have gone to England to study. If it wasn't for breaking up that relationship, I wouldn't have been able to, to go on to do what, what I'm doing now. And, uh, you know, I bless the, the people, uh, you know, in my past and the relationships. Um, but you can see some things. You can see how the dots are connected. And you're like, you know, and that's how I wrote my first book, Born Knowing. I did the turning points in my life is to start off because it was my first book. And I said, how am I going to write this? But, yeah, some of the most tragic things in our life, um, they should change us. But some people, they, they, yeah, and this is not judgmental, it's fact. Um, someone has a bad relationship, they keep picking the same person over and over and over and over because they haven't said to themselves, you know what, I'm better than this. I don't deserve this. They still think that they deserve to be treated badly. Mm-hmm. Maybe they got it as they were growing up and that's ingrained in them. They feel, you know, it's a self-esteem thing. Yeah. So right. you should be learning from your experiences. But, you know, not everyone does. Right. And, you know, I wonder sometimes if that's not in part because we do think of the soul as this sort of faraway, distant thing that's sort of passive and doesn't really have an active force in our lives. And we yep. just live... We're so, most people are so pulled away from their soul, even though it's, it's right there with us. We're so... Because it took many years for, for us to pull away from our intuition, our soul. And, you know, if you watch a kid who's like seven years old, that's a soul. Look at that child. He's still not really here yet. Okay, say two, three, four. They're playing. Yes, they are kids. But they, I swear, they still got one foot over on the other side and one foot here. We haven't gotten to them yet. Um, education hasn't gotten to them. And I'm not putting down education, but they're very right-brained, uh, creative 
uh, little creatures, kids, and then we start school at around 7. We start using the analytical side. Let me stop you here, John, and then we're going to come back and talk about this some more right after the break. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. It was a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. The self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit A-I-H-T dot E-D-U. All my love. What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. web at skillsusa.org. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free. 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back with Authentic Living, and this, we're talking today to John Holland author of the best-selling book, Power of the Soul, Inside Wisdom for an Outside World. And we were talking just before the break. I had to cut you off, John, there. And we were talking about uh, how we sometimes perceive the soul as this distant thing that's far away and how sometimes we get 
sort of pulled away from it as children. You want to continue with that thought? Right. As I was saying that when we start school at seven, I mean, usually uh, when kids are born, they're quite intuitive. They're still in touch with their soul. Um, they are using the right side of the brain, the creative side of the brain. And when we start school, we start using the analytical side, the left side of the brain. We start listening to teachers and reading books and become more analytical. And we forget about the right side of the brain. Some people don't. Um, you know, they're right and left brain. Um, but, you know, it's normal to go to school and, you know, to educate ourselves here. So we pull away from our intuition, and it took many years to pull away from that, and it takes a little while to get it. Uh, you always have it, but it takes a while to get back to it, just like it takes a while to get back in touch with your soul. And all you have to do, really, is just ask. In five minutes before you start your day, try not to, um, or if you, have, you work in an office, close the door, just take five minutes to breathe and just to close your eyes, and let the mind chatter try to, it, the mind chatter will be there for a while, but just to, you know, just to breathe and go inside yourself. And people sometimes, sadly, Andrew, they don't know what it means to go inside yourself. It just means, then put your, think towards your heart, find your center, which is your heart. And when you have a hectic day, just say to yourself, find your center, and it'll pull you right back in. So meditation's a wonderful thing. Everybody talks about meditation. Every speaker, every author, everybody. It's the number one way. I mean, some people think you're going to have a nirvana you know, when it happens. Sometimes people do, but it's just basically finding your soul. It's there. It's trying to get your attention. Follow it. If something is coming up in your life, a synchronistic event, don't just say, oh, how weird. You're thinking of someone, the phone rings, there that person is. You're thinking of someone, you run into them. There's a reason. There's, you're, you're, you're telepathic, you're intuitive, you have the soul center. So remember, you are a soul that comes with the body, not a body that comes with the soul. Just spend five minutes in the morning, you know, just five minutes, deep breathing, just just relaxing and, and getting quiet, and your soul will try to reach out to you. Okay, well, that's great information, and I and I agree with that. We do the medita- the power of meditation is extremely important to the whole process of really sort of knowing who we are and, and getting in touch with the soul. Let me talk about a, a problem area of our lives as as we are having this body experience. How do we break free of worry? Well, that's just one of the psychological slavery parts in, in power of the soul that I talk about. Um, there's, there's, it's not just worry. It's, it's, uh, it's the psychological blocks. I don't care how much spirituality you do um, or how, how much reading you do or how much chanting you do. There's a friend, there's a, an, a friend of mine. She is uh, a lot of negative stuff has happened in her life, you know, stuff at work, people out together and... Um, you know, uh, even though she gives, okay, but uh, I said to her, you know, you, you just got to try to, you know, be a little more positive. She says, I tried the books. I tried the angel cards. They don't work. She said, it doesn't work. She said, people suck and they're out to get you. Well, how can anything manifest in this woman's life if that's the thought that's going through her head that she's bringing into her own life. Her soul is not bringing this into her. Her mind is bringing this into her. Her soul told her to be a writer years ago when we moved to Los Angeles, but never did it, okay? So in breaking free from worry, that's another thing. So um, if you have these psychological slaveries, and I'll get to worry in a second, they are, I'm not good enough. What will people think of me? I'm too old. Those are the ones that I talk about in the book, too. Those are the psychological slavery titles that we do to ourselves in our head and breaking free from worry. And I had this, uh, I was on a radio show the other day and, they, and someone talked about that. People who worry, um, I, I was raised in an alcoholic home. 
worry as a child turns into anxiety as an adult. Right. Worry as a child turns into anxiety as an adult. So I'm a constant, I, I started off in that worry section of the book, do you know someone that's a chronic worrier? Yeah, okay, I was taught to worry, okay, because of my household. I was taught to worry, not literally sat down, it just happened. So when I find worry, I, when it happens to me, I try to pull myself back and I try to say, what's the worst thing that could happen? What's the worst thing that could happen? And people realize, and then when I say, okay, the worst thing that could happen, and I deal with it, I, I deal with it. I have to pull myself back. Perfectionists also are worried, is it good enough? Is it good enough? Is it good enough? So worrying, it, take, it, it, it robs you of your soul energy. It really, really does. So a good thing to do with worry is keep busy. Write, out, write, out, write in a journal what's the worst thing that could happen. Uh, reach out to people also. And, and is it worry or is it anxiety? You see, you, know, you, may need, you, you might need some, uh, um, some therapy mm-hmm. also. Why, are you a worrier, Andrea? I was once in my life, yes, but I'm yep. not much anymore. Yep, and, and you know, I love the people who say, you know, in, and I have friends around me who will say, it's okay. You know, Louise Hay, okay, my publisher, Hay House Publishing, her, her, one of her favorite saying is, all is well. When I start to worry too much, I say, all is well. I'm not, I'm not uh, turning a blind eye, but it helps me, all is well. And I realize, okay, I'm worrying unnecessarily. And my mom, chronic worrier, and she'll worry about her kids and things that happen. I'll say, Ma, the same thing that you worried about 14 years ago about a certain person, they're still here. They're still living. They're still surviving. So all that worry you did is for nothing. It does nothing except rob you. I'm not saying not to be concerned about things, worried about your kids on a vacation. That's different. Okay, but chronic worrier, is it worry or is it anxiety? Right. Right, absolutely. And some of those things you said are really, really active things that we can do in the body to relieve us from worry, to, to be able to get active and say, okay, I'm going to be busy, I'm going to say all is well, I'm going to, you know, those techniques that you talk about. So There are techniques. And, and how about some body work? I, I just had my sister, uh, she stayed with me, and I, and I bought her a massage. I mean, she was so tensed up. You know, a lot of stuff has happened in her life, okay, and her family. She hasn't had a massage in five years. And I went, you know what? That's a shame. And she's like, I can't afford it. Well, you afford some, all these, you know, some other things here because a lot of worry and anxiety holds itself in the body. And once you get a massage, it just releases. Your body can affect your mind and your soul and your spirit. The same thing with acupuncture, where I see clients sometimes that used to be in an office where there's acupuncture. Another way to free it up here, anything you can do to relax is going gonna, is gonna to help um, alleviate the, the stuff will worry. Right, right. And so meditation would also be an effective tool then, right? Yeah, if you could, if you could shut your mind off from worrying, and it does. You, you, when you meditate, life will try to stop you. Life will try to stop you. The phone will ring. Your thoughts will be, how many emails do I have? I wonder about the kids. Your body will tit, twitch. You can't get comfortable. It does get easier. But your body has... Um, it's so not used to being quiet that it's, it's, it's not familiar when you start doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. All right, well, let's, let's talk about this uh, another problem area in our lives and in, in the body. Uh, uh, let's talk about forgiveness, or the, I guess the wound first, but then the forgiveness. Tell us about the healing power of forgiveness. How does the soul factor into that? Well, forgiveness, I mean, that, that's another thing. Um, so there are some people who are so... Um, 
something happened to them from somebody else. Uh, they something somebody did something to some uh, someone uh, is very hateful to someone else because they were hurt by this person, um, and they lived their life very bitter, angry, uh, uh, nasty. And when you know some people could live like that for years because of something, and when you take it away, all that away, the person doesn't know who they are anymore because they were so they were so used to being the bitter and the angry. It, it robs you. Forgiveness robs you. And when I say forgiveness, I'm not talking, um, I understand, you're not letting the person off for what they did. You're letting, go, you're, you're letting, it, you're letting it go for you. You're, for, you're, you're letting it go, uh, the benefit is for you, not for them. You are not letting them off. You are forgiving them for yourself. You're not letting them off the hook for what they did, but you are forgiving them for yourself. And you know, it's never too late for forgiveness. And I'll, I've done audiences of thousands of people, and everybody wants to connect with someone on the other side. And, but I always try to start off and say, look, people, I know you want to hear from someone who's in heaven or who's on the other side, but isn't there somebody here you need to connect with? Mm-hmm. What about a sibling that you haven't talked to, a parent that you haven't uh, spoken to? And so I hope by saying that, they're like, okay, maybe, you know, and I understand why sometimes they, they tried to make that connection with the person that they're disconnected from. And I understand that. But at least send a card. Do something because it, it's very, very healing. So forgiveness. And it doesn't even matter if the person has passed. Someone might have lost a dad and the, the, she never forgave her father for whatever. You can still do it. You can still forgive them even though they passed away. Or vice versa. There was an argument and the father never had a chance to say, um, I forgive you, you know, to his daughter, and the daughter here feels awful. They know, um, they, they get a higher view, per se, on the other side. They have forgiven you, you know what I mean? They don't, they don't take grudges or uh, the bitterness with them when they pass over to the other side. Okay, that's one of the things I was, I was wondering about. Do, do they need forgiveness from us? Sure, it only, it, only elevates the, it only elevates the soul and positive thoughts to them and prayers only uh, 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 is positive uh, resonation to them. Okay. You know that song, You Raise Me Up, you know, by Josh Groban? That's what it does. Yeah. Okay. So... So I'm real. I really appreciate you saying that about we don't do it for them. We do it for us. I think we've gotten that whole term of forgiveness mixed up with atonement, and we just we we think that we're we'll resist forgiving someone if we think they're going to get off the hook. I think. Yeah, yeah. Because people, you're not letting them off the hook. You're forgiving them, um, and people are like, well, that doesn't make sense. Yes, it does. You're saying, you know what? If something if somebody did something to me once, and I didn't come, I didn't call them up and say, how could you do this? I, what did I ever do? I let you into my life. I was so good to you. I just I let, him, I let it go, and I forgave them in my own mind. I just let them go and forgave them in my own mind and my own thoughts, and I just cut the cord. I cut the cord and just forgave them, and, you know, it helped me. I, I let go of that anger or what that person did to me. Did I let them off? No, I let them go. Yeah, big difference, big difference. Yep. Thank you for clarifying that. That's real good. I hope our listeners can benefit from that. Yep. All right, well, we're going to be talking to some more in our final segment with John Holland right after the break. We'll be back in just a minute. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. 
With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. It was a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit aiht.edu. All my love. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, <laughs> she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, <laughs> no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. <laughs> Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at bornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. America is facing a skilled workforce shortage. SkillsUSA can help. What is SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA is life-changing. SkillsUSA is awesome. SkillsUSA is one of the biggest opportunities life can give you. SkillsUSA is amazing. SkillsUSA is motivating. SkillsUSA specifically prepares you for the workforce. SkillsUSA empowers students to connect with a network of people, starting with their classmates, to their advisors, to other people in their states. SkillsUSA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. I'm doing something now that's going to be applicable in the real world, and those skills are going to be useful today in school and in five years when I'm working and for the rest of my life. On the web at skillsusa.org. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. 
And we're back with the final segment of Authentic Living. Today we're talking with John Holland. I want to take just a little moment here to uh, say to our listeners that I'm real sorry that we were not able to get Lama Surya Das on last week. Uh, he was unable to call in. It was a, a fluke uh, situation where he was unable to call in, but we are working on getting him later in the year, so stay tuned. We'll get him back. Um, and we were talking uh, just before the break about forgiveness and the power of forgiveness, and I, I, I want to see if there's anything else we want to say about that before I move on to one other topic. No, Andrea, w- w- when it comes to forgiveness, is there somebody in your life that you really need to forgive, though, just so you can move on, so, you know, to, so your soul is, you know, is, uh, is not being drained? Forgiveness and, uh, I mean, not forgiving someone, bitterness, angry, it- it's all robbing your soul. It- it's just taking it's the soul's energy away from you. You know, you're not being all that you can be, you know, when, when you're, when you're uh, bitter and you know, we have a habit also of blaming some, blaming people also. You know what I mean? That's another thing. It's like, you know, so forgiveness, it really does advance the soul. And like I said once again, you're not letting off the person. You're forgiving them for yourself. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. I love that, not letting them off, letting them go. That's real good. I'm going to yep. remember that. All right, so basically what you've said today is that we need to take some time and space to get in touch with our this soul that the soul is very active and that it really participates with us in our lives. And if we're listening, we don't necessarily have to get all the wake-up calls, maybe. Maybe we can forestall some of those at least. I want to ask a little bit about this gratitude. You talk in your book about a circle of gratitude. Tell me about that. Right. Uh, attitude of gratitude. It's, um, we're, we're, we're constantly gimme, 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 okay? Um, I tried to tell um, someone uh, recently, a friend of mine was having a bad, uh, you know, a bad time. Uh, they got laid off, this and that. And, of course, I, you're not in really a position of feeling uh, uh, very uh, gratuitous when you're, you're laid off and you don't know where your next you know, uh, paycheck is coming from. But I said, but your feet are touching the floor every morning. Your kids are healthy. You still have a house. You're still eating. You've got a refrigerator full of food. Um, you've got two legs. Some people would love to have your legs here. So an attitude of gratitude. And just before I start my day, okay, when I get up, when I remember, I just, I just say thank you, okay? I, and because we're, we're not really grateful for a lot of things. We, we bitch and complain about what we don't have, but, you know, we very rarely acknowledge what we do have. And, and really quickly, really quickly, uh, a story I wrote about in Power of the Soul. I was on Alaska on a cruise. And this woman, I said, is there any questions? Now, she thought I was going to, you know, thinking psychic question. I just wanted some questions about, to a medium, whether psychic or dreams or whatever. And she said, why did my mother give me up? And I said, well, maybe how many kids are you? She said 10, right? And she was Asian. And it doesn't matter, Asian, black, white, it doesn't matter. And she said, I said, well, how did your life turn out? She said, horrible. And I said, wait a minute, aren't you on a cruise to Alaska, one of the beautiful, most beautiful places on God's earth? Yes. And who's that child, that little girl sleeping in your lap? My daughter. Is she healthy? Yes. Are you married? Yes. Is he working? Yes. He has his own company. I said, great. I said, and how's your health? Fine. And I said, lady, if your feet are touching the floor in the morning, I think you're doing okay. Now, I don't know what happened to her in her life uh, with her mother or, you know, why she gave her up, but I was trying to say to her, look at your life, lady. You're on a cruise to Alaska, Okay. Attitude of gratitude, absolutely. 
and I give back too, constantly. I just did an animal charity event. I raised $36,000 by doing an event and split it between two organizations um, at, of animal shelters. And people are like, yeah, right, you didn't, you didn't take anything? No, I gave it to them. If I can give back, here you go. That's what it's about, give and receive, give and receive. Right, so there's that circle. Yes, right. it's the way it's supposed to be. And people are like, well, how can I give? And someone says, well, I'm just one person. What am I going to matter? Well, you're one person of six billion. If all of us thought that way, it'd be great. Um, if someone's having a hard day, deliver a flower to them. Bring them a flower. I brought one to a woman in a post office once, and um, I said, look, this is for you. Brighten their day. Let somebody else cut in front of you. If you're at a toll, you know, and um, yeah, if you can afford it, give the toll taker um, two times the amount. It's like down the street, we pay 75 cents to lift up the gate and go in to, you know, do the toll. And every once in a while, I'll say, this is for the person behind me. Now, now the person behind pulls up, and the guy says, the guy in front of you said, you know, just have a nice day. Now, maybe that person was having a bad day, and I, by 75 cents, they're going to go home and be nicer to their family or something. See? So there's many ways of giving back. And when Power of the Soul came out, that artist that left these portraits everywhere, I got his idea. I took his idea, and I would leave my book in parks, airports, everywhere, and I wrote inside it, this is for you. Wow. There's, there's plenty of ways to give back. Oh, it's absolutely. It's a of life. It's power. It's the soul working. It's energy. Give and receive. Give and receive. Don't just take, take, take. Right. And once again, really quickly, some people have a, no problem giving. They have a problem receiving. Mm -hmm. See? So, yeah, give and receive. Yep. And we have to practice that receiving as well. Because Absolutely. We have, we, when you say give it back, that means there is something to give back. It must mean, must mean we've already received something. That's right. That's right. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, you know, I, I want to be sure that our listeners know where to find you, John. So tell us a little bit about uh, how they can get there. They can go to johnholland.com, just like the country, johnholland.com. And I have a great newsletter also um, where I give giveaways, and every other uh, Monday I do a, um, a soul inspiration newsletter that is taken from Power of the Soul, and it's something to start your week off, off with. And it's, uh, it's inspirational, and it, there are some announcements on it also. And this is the newsletter where people find out things first. So if you're on the newsletter, you find out things first. And I'm on Facebook and Twitter and, you know, everything they want to need. Uh, need or, and also there's a great link page. Because so many people have more questions that they can't get to ask me. That's on uh, johnholland.com. So everything they need, they can go right there. Okay, great, great. Well, I hope the listeners are writing that down, johnholland.com. And we're uh, out of time today. I've really enjoyed talking with you. John, and I hope our listeners, I'm sure our listeners benefited from what you had to say. So thank, thank you, Andrea. You and we're coming back next week. We're going to be talking to Don Gorey about stress reduction, de-stressing your life. So until then, just remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, give birth. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. 
We'll talk again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.